Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. I'm James Carey. And uh, we have a special guest with us today, coming to you today from Lion TV, home of TV's horrible histories. Because uh, today we're talking to Ben Ward, the writer, he's a performer, he's the lead writer on Horrible History, the uncrowned king of kids' TV, I would say, uh, Danger Mouse. If you've watched it on kids' TV, Ben has almost certainly written it. So, hello, Ben. Hello. Very nice to, very nice to be here. And, uh, Thank you for coming. Great to well, have you. Thank, well, thank you for having us. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're in your place. We've come to you, really. Yeah, um, when I say I'm happy to be here, I'm happy to have not had to move since my last meeting. Great. <laughs> Very More useful. Yeah. Very useful. So, we'll start with, I mean, tell us first about your um, performing career and how you found your way into the world of kids' TV. Uh, so, I started out as a uh, writer-performer doing sketch shows and kind of stand-up and Edinburgh Festival and all those things. Uh, that everyone did there was a sort of uh, there was a production line when I got into comedy that you went to uh, weekending and the news headlines and shows on Radio 4 Radio 2 that were set up for new writers and you uh, you did the circuit with your sketch group or your stand up routine no YouTube back in those days no absolutely uh, and no no email um, which changed we were talking to somebody the other day about that and how yeah. that just revolutionised writing mm. um, but so uh, so we did we did Edinburgh as a as a sketch group. There was a group of us called the Cheese Shop who met at university, um, and I sort of organised that in our first year and gradually sort of got everyone together. And uh, we stayed together as a group for about fifteen years. Um, in those early days, our yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we still work together now. We did um, a lot of stuff together. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I like uh, on horrible histories. Essentially. Four of the six of us mm-hmm. have worked on horrible histories, or work on horrible histories. Um, the uh, you know, and I had lunch with one of the other two the other day. It's you know, we all kind of interconnected. And the sixth one is dead to you, presumably. And the sixth one, none of us talked to anyone. <laughs> uh, no, we all we all <laughs> hang out. Shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one one lives in Australia half the year, so we don't see him as much as we'd like. Um, but so um, so I was following in that route. I was writing. You know, there were probably 20 people doing exactly the same thing that we all had. We all ended up with sort of radio shows on Radio 4. Uh, Cheese Shop did four series, I think. We did something like 26 episodes. We had a TV series on the Paramount Cable Show, which was the pre... Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was basically Comedy Central before yeah. Comedy Central took yeah. it over from the US. So it was a it was a comedy mm-hmm. uh, cable channel. That was that in the days when they had Armstrong and Miller? As yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So like uh, yeah. they basically there were four shows when we did it. There was us, Armstrong and Miller. Uh, uh, Simon Pegg had one where he was like in a spaceship. It was just like a blog thing. Okay. Where he was in a spaceship, I think, talking about uh, computer game stuff. And I'm not sure what the other one was. Um, I think it might have been Matt Lucas and David Wellin. So everyone else did brilliantly. <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah. <laughs> and Ben Ward. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dave Lamb did yeah. brilliantly as well. He was in Agri. Yeah. But, um, but so, uh, so we were following down that route and I was earning uh, more and more as a writer, a solo writer. I was uh, co-writing with Dave Lamb at the time, who's the boy, come down with me, voiceover guy. He's a very funny writer and performer as well. Much so, used on Radio 4 over yeah, the years as well. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so we wrote together for, I guess, about 10 years or maybe a little bit less um, and performed together a bit on some shows. Um, but basically, we were slightly getting pulled in different directions in the sense that I was doing more and more solo writing jobs uh, and he was doing more and more performing jobs solo performing jobs. And so as a, as a pair, we were sort of getting pulled in different directions a little bit. Uh, and I decided, uh, we did an Edinburgh, I think in about 90, 97, something like that, where I basically took work with me. And so I, I carried on writing the TV shows that I was writing for. I, I can't remember which ones they were, but I was sort of writing for Hale and Pace and Russ Abbott and various, yeah, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I just carried on working in the flat that we all got in Edinburgh and at that point, I think I kind of decided that I was better uh, as a writer than a performer. 
funny, did they all... Uh, I've got I think this, everyone else agreed. This image of all these <laughs> performers rolling in drunk at three in the morning. Oh, there's Ben, he's got his typewriter. Definitely that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'd be up at like <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning or whatever, yeah. Um, oh, look at him. I bet you he'll be successful. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very much... I kind of The way I always felt about Edinburgh is that a lot of people go there and kind of pretend they're still at university mm-hmm. and kind of do all that kind of drinking and you know the grown ups aren't here we can yeah. do whatever we like yeah. exactly what we talked about in our Edinburgh uh, we did an Edinburgh right. special where we right. talked yeah. about the, the mental illness that is the Edinburgh Finch yeah, yeah and some people yeah. just get caught in that and feel like they have to mm. do it every year and it's like go, an abusive relationship isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and <laughs> I it never it never hurt me because I I you just I hated that bit that side of university yeah. I didn't like anyway so mm. for me it, it for me, go to Edinburgh if you need to get seen and you don't know people. Go to Edinburgh if you're going to make money. If you're somewhere in the middle, don't go to Edinburgh because, it, you know, potentially the damage is more, there can be yes, more damage. Don't than go for fun because even if it is fun, it's going to cost you an awful lot of money. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, if people have seen you a few times before, yeah. they're, going, they're going to be more excited about the new people that they haven't seen before, you know, mm-hmm. who are likely to make waves. Yeah. You know, it's not to say it can't be done and that people have gone up and surprised everyone with some amazing new show and, you know, rejuvenated themselves. It can, but I personally, you know, uh, I was in a place where I was like, we, I don't really want to do this. We've done this. Yeah. yeah um, but so, coincidentally, so at the point I decided to stop performing, do you stop me if this gets long-winded? But um, the point which I stopped, wanted to stop performing, we as a group were offered or asked if we wanted to replace Trevor and Simon on Live and Kicking. And up to that point, I'd never done any children's television. Um, and half of the cheese shop kind of went, no, we shouldn't do this as children's television. We've been all adult stuff. Uh, We've mostly grown up for that. Yeah, now. yeah, and there was a genuine thing <laughs> at the time that it ruined. You know, Trim Simon had struggled to get into adult TV. Yeah. It, various people well, had then point, struggled yeah. Yeah. to go yeah. back. It's, I don't think it's the case anymore about Longstrop, but he, back then it was certainly perceived that mm. way. Um, it goes through phases, I think. I think it was maybe, probably yeah. it was probably the Tis Wars that first attracted yeah, people to yeah. the idea of having inverted commas adult performers yeah I think I think that's right and the goodies you know Mm. um, but then at the peak you know you had Radio 1 DJs like Noel Edmonds doing children's shows and they weren't weren't too good for that whereas now it's now it's you know extraordinary people we're getting on you know Danger Mouse we have Stephen Fry we have you know Zander um, you know so it's um, it's Kevin Elder I get terribly worried (laughs) that you know he must be. Yeah, he'll be alright. Yeah, he'll be fine. Good. That's good. Yeah. To know. Um, but you know, Kevin Eldon. Um, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, Rowan Atkinson on horrible histories. It's you know, it's just not a thing anymore. But um, but back then it was, and so half of the group didn't want to do it, and half of the group were interested, and I was on the group that was interested, partly because I just decided to stop performing. <laughs> so just at the point when it couldn't hurt me, right. because yeah. I no longer. So no I was like, can, well, I'm not going to yeah. perform anymore. And somebody said, hey, do you want to? you know, do sketches with Meat, Life and Share for a couple of years. And I was mm. like, that yeah. might be fun. Yeah. It can't hurt me. And I literally phoned about five of the execs that I was working with at the time on adult writing shows um, and said, if I do this show, will you carry on hiring me? Uh, and they all said no. Um, <laughs> but we weren't going to anyway. So, it can, <laughs> um, but so yeah, I, they all said they that it wouldn't have any effect. And I sort of said, what about some of the other people have done it? And they said, but they, they started on it and then couldn't break out, whereas yeah. we know you already. Yeah, yeah. You've got a track record. So I I thought, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And so that was the first children's television thing that I did was me and Jez and Richie, who mm-hmm. both do Horrible Histories. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the three of us, became Ben, Jez and Rich as half of the cheese shop doing Live and Kicking. Uh, doing sketches on Live and Kicking um, and we did it for two years uh, it was reasonably successful uh, we certainly didn't you know didn't become anything like Trevor and Simon in the consciousness but it was it was it was okay and didn't we were much harm, more did it? it didn't do any harm and, it, and you're not but you're not getting student gigs now no those kids <laughs> no. sort of 12 years old no. No. and we rarely get recognised I mean they did it for 7 years and we did it for 2 but what we what we did uh, we were much more you know their stuff is crazy and they're very good live they're very good at reacting live whereas we're all 
writers. I don't know if you find this in stand-up. I always think there's two types of stand-up comedians. There's two types. One are writers and one are performers, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. And the writer ones have got a routine they're doing and they don't like being heckled. And so we will, and I think that there's that mm. distinction between Tremendous and us, and that we were, essentially, we'd write quite crafted sketches that worked in the celebrities that were on, and we did great stuff with, you know, Cher and big, big stars. Mm. Um, and that was fun. Um, and so we, over those two years, we kind of developed a way of writing. Uh, I was a big fan of the Gary Shandling show. That's one of my yeah. big mm-hmm. things early on. More, you know, more so than Larry Sanders, which I obviously is is in, in, I'm a big fan of as well. But timing wise, Gary Shandling okay, is more formative for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and so when we were doing Live and Kicking, it was always the Gary Shandling show that I kind of thought of, is that you you kind of go, oh, here's the caretaker, and it's Cher, hey, how's the tour going? Anyway, can you do some cleaning for us? Which is what happens in Gary Shandling a lot. You know, the postman yeah. comes and it's, yeah. you know, Tom Petty. Yeah. But right. he's still delivering the letters. But it's like, hey, you know, great, loved your latest. <laughs> you you know, so there's that weird the kind of halfway <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, but so we developed doing those sketches that we did and I think probably the BBC basically ITV had SMTV in the last year that we did Live and Kicking and SMTV which was the Ant and Deck show was a bit chaotic there was great things about it it was a bit chaotic Live and Kicking was beating it in the ratings but it was, it had the BBC rattled enough that the BBC was looking to change Live and Kicking make it uh, more music based you know and they, they were trying to relaunch it and so we they kind of said to us that we're not, we probably won't have comedy on it, but we're not really sure. Um, and around that time, a friend uh, from Radio 4 was working on SNTV and got wind of the fact that we might not be doing any more live and kicking. So, so the rival phoned, basically phoned me and Jez up, because Richard was doing more and more music by then, mm-hmm. phoned me and Jez up and says, look, those sketches you've been doing on live and kicking, why don't you come and write them for Anton Deck? <laughs> uh, and they were already doing classic, sketches, you know. Yeah. Moved yeah. from BBC to ITV. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, SMTV, I'm sure, would have gone to great heights anyway. But we, you know, we, it, and it was already, it was already a good show. But we, we, we came on board and started writing much more narrative, I think, yeah. stronger narrative things. And they were, there was a very good... Um, there's a very good connection between the people they already had uh, Dean Wilkinson he's brilliant um, and particularly sort of Spike Milligan-ish in, in his craziness mm. which is great if you add it particularly if you add it to people who are getting structural yeah. and you end up with this perfect thing which you know makes you care but also surprises you kind of yeah, thing yeah. Um, and so that hit SNTV I think perfectly and so uh, we ended up doing, you know, I can't remember, you know, 100, 120 episodes wow. of that something, and it won five BAFTAs, I think. Um, it was a huge show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, It was, yeah, a, really yeah. Big, it was the it was place a phenomenon. Yeah. And, uh, I remember the exec stopping us at one point and saying to a, you know, at a party, calling everyone together and going, I know you don't understand this because you're all new, but this yeah. doesn't happen very often. Yeah. You know, we'd just turn up at war ceremonies and assume we were going to win, and yeah. we would. You know, he's like, no, there's other people here. They, yeah, yeah, you know. so they sometimes, yeah. but just not in your case yeah, yeah. this time. And so the second show I ever did for children's was SMTV. The first one, you know, yeah. Live and Kicking won a BAFTA for our last show. SMTV won, you know, yeah. in the and same category the next year. And you just... And these are shows that are literally, you know, that you're, you're sort of seat, the seat of your pants, kind of right Live telly, yeah, live yeah, telly, yeah, yeah. You know, you're really thrown in there, aren't you? And you're doing I think it every it, week, and that it, must... Be, be very useful when it comes to being the slightly slightly more sedate world but still you know the kind of fraught world of making TV well I think actually that Live and Kick uh, uh, Weekending and those shows really helped me so I learned doing Weekending where you I my way of doing a lot so it was a weekly topical sketch show and every week I would write ten sketches and a hundred jokes I mean some people would write one and five jokes right but my way of doing it was yeah. to carpet bomb mm-hmm. and so for two or three years that's how I did it and mm-hmm. I just churned it out uh, with Dave a lot of the time uh, I mean Dave became head writers of um, Weekending in our last year um, and we would you know we'd just churn it out and then when you come to do live telly and they say oh, you, we're going to have to do 20 minutes 
you know, every week you're going to have to do 20 minutes live. We need, we've got three days to do it. And we're like, sure. 20 minutes, nothing. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, I mean, it was, it was difficult, I guess, at times. And it's hard, you know, when you're st still working at two o'clock in the morning or whatever, the day before rehearsal. But it wasn't anything we hadn't got used to doing. Yeah. But so I got basically the short, the short story after that. I got, I kind of, I lucked into Live and Kicking, which got, was my first and was a big show mm. on children's. Got very lucky going into SMTV. Mm. And off the back of SMTV, I think I was sort of seen as somebody who could do kids' yeah. telly it's, without... It's yeah. yeah, and appeal to adults, right? But, but yeah. also, because our background was, um, was adult mm. TV, I think there was, a, at that time, there was, you know, again, a sort of perception that kids' comedy was end of the pier yeah, yeah and so we were coming in with spitting image and you know have I got news for you kind of credits and then writing that yeah. and then you know they were getting Mark Lamar and you know all these big mm. trendy stars wanting to be on those shows and so off the back of that I was offered various things and kind of I did a Disney so I became kind of head writer and very briefly producer of SMTV uh, very briefly Never done that before or since. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, off the back of that, I then head wrote a Disney uh, sitcom that did. I only did one series, but did very well and was very well thought of. And then I was that I, Disney in this country or the in the uh, US? this country? But there was a. They then did two pilots to do it in the US. Right. And I kind of went out and saw the people who did that. Those were done by the the people who did Rugrats. And oh, okay. Hey Arnold. So yeah. there was big Paul and Joe who were big some names out there. Yeah. Paul was the original producer of The Simpsons, I think. Um, uh, and so I got to know them and kind of connected a little bit with how things were out there and briefly thought about moving out there, to be honest. Um, but then my teeth weren't white enough and I couldn't drive, <laughs> which is true. Uh, the, the, um, so I got teeth whitener and learned to drive, just in case I yeah, came yeah, up yeah. again. Um, and, uh, and then I did various things. came And basically, I just, every couple of years, I seem to luck into a hit show, and I, I yeah, people always yeah. think I'm being I'm being falsely modest here and going well of course so we can all see the pattern. Yeah. But yeah. I really don't think it was that. You know, SMTV was already getting good and they awesome. Yeah. You know, they can make any anybody's stuff good. I mean, I think what we were giving them helped because of the narrative and all that stuff. But it would have it would have been good anyway. The Disney show uh, was good. Um, you know, but again, it was slightly lucky that it was at that period, um, and that you know that kind of got won some awards and got nominated for some things. Yeah, and there then was, there's luck, and also, I mean, I do remember working with you once at um, Big Breakfast, and oh. you saying, I think you said that you hadn't you hadn't had a holiday for like ten years or something. So yeah, I went away for like eight days two weeks ago, which was the first time in twenty two years. Blimey! So that's that was true up until two weeks ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, were you uh, horribly bored on this holiday? <laughs> no, work with I you? did take work with me. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I did. So you <laughs> didn't have a holiday. Yeah. Um, so I think luck, I suppose, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah, you're, you're just the right person in the right place because, you know, that the right place is where you are anyway. But uh, it, it's interesting then that, um, I suppose, rather, I was going to ask you, you know, well, about the, the, the thing, you know, one gets asked when you write for kids' TV, what's the difference between yeah. writing for kids and writing for adults? It's sort of effectively your career you kind of bridged the gap really from where writing for kids was a much different much yes, more different that's right. so probably shows like Live and Kicking and SMTV kind of made it more well apart from not swearing you kind of write pretty much the same way and that may be if there is a thing that I brought to, to children's TV at all and other people doing it at the same time you know I'm not like some pioneer or anything but I, I think that at that time there was a sense that we weren't writing children's telly. Mm. We were just writing what we'd written before. And I think that anybody who writes any kind of television, uh, it, it, uh, particularly stories, it's all about, and jokes, it's all about choices. You know, there's yeah. every feed line you, you, you come up with, there's 10 punchlines. Yeah. You know, it's, and uh, there's not really one that's significantly better than the others. You know, there'll be, you know, there'll be just different ways of taking jokes or stories, and the, and if you're doing children's telly, you just take it, you just make that, you just take the choices that fit on children's telly. Yeah. But as a result, they would probably 
you know, I don't think they wouldn't work on adult TV either. I mean, I think it was interesting because they, they tried, when we were doing SMTV, they tried to do a, an adult version of SMTV at the time. We did some writing on it. But they tried to make it adult. And so it was just bizarre yeah. because they, they couldn't work out how to do it apart from kind of adding bits of story and making it a bit more adult in concept. But the truth was we'd been writing an adult show anyway, so they hadn't... Yeah. Exactly the really thing they had with OTT, wasn't it? Like yeah, they were, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they should have... They could have just put the SMGV yeah. minus... They could have mm. just put it out at six and no one would have noticed. Yeah, yeah and the, and, yeah, and the reason... I think it's horrible no, histories. There's well. no point yeah. trying to make it adult because... As in adult. Yeah. Mm. Because the reason people like it is because it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Maybe try right. to inject some kind of grown-up adultiness yeah. to it. So, well, hang on. Mm. I don't, and you're I don't pointing want, it up. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't want to see Kathy Lee swearing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see. Yeah, Adam and Deck and Kat do that. Do the thing that they do. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think that, I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, there's been a lot of good children's comedy, you know, whether it's you, you know, Adventure Time and things like that as well. But horrible mm. histories and and Danger Mouse and you know that there's there's shows that just hold up to mm. everyone. I and think oh, oh, just kind of the realization is coming to me at this point now. I'm thinking about all that how children's TV has had a lot of success in recent years, and and partly, I mean, you get paid less for doing children's TV, but the result of that is that that. The, the model for a lot of children's TV shows is much more like the American model, isn't yeah. it? And so, for instance, you uh, you saying you're like head writer on Horrible Histories, so you're also what what Americans would call the showrunner on uh, on the sort of reboot of Danger Mouse. Yes, is that, is that correct. I'm closer um, to being. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. all the terms mean different things to different people. But, but yeah. how, how do you think like the process of making like the sort of kids TV show where you make get to make 13 or 20 episodes yeah, compared to say just doing a sitcom or mm. you know like, like six episodes yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean do you, do, do, are you aware of that, that I process? think that most I mean most UK adult sitcoms are, are short you know there's only a few episodes and they're written by one or two people and I think that's maybe being gagged up you might have a room people adding mm. jokes but generally uh, that model um, yeah I don't I think that it will change um, I think in children's the 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 programs that I've worked on it recently it's much more inclined to have writers rooms but I think that's probably true of adult as well actually that there are more and more writers rooms in mm. adult as well um, Danger Mouse I try and get as many people to have a hand in every script as I possibly can because I think everyone has different um, you know different approaches to comedy and there's certain people within the show um, who who have a voice that fits the format but is subtly different to somebody else's and so you know in an ideal world there's sort of five or six people I'd like to have a pass in every single script but that costs that costs too much mm. yeah. um, in terms of one of the things that we have an eye to on this podcast is an eye to people trying to break into the yeah. industry or just what the next step would be and actually I, I think there are there are some table written shows for grown ups but virtually none mm. um, there are some but actually a lot of the writing opportunities are both on radio that you've mentioned before, but also on children's. Yeah. Because there are more shows with yeah, more yeah. writers. To people who are sort of starting to get an opportunity in that area, what sort of, what are the kind of rough do's or don'ts of like, if you take a chance on someone to say, okay, maybe write an episode of this show, you might be thinking, and then, you know, yeah. what are the things where you go, oh, great, they're going to be fine, and what are the bits where you just think, uh-oh, this isn't going to work yeah. out. Um, I think... Um, I imagine you've worked with people you've worked with a lot before, but there's always a few... I do, yeah, there. there are. And um, particularly high-profile shows, you know, you do get contacted by a lot of people who want to work on them. Um, and it's very hard... I don't know if my agent has emailed you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, my, um, it's, it's tricky. The more higher-profile the show, the trickier it is to, to get people on board. Um, because, you know, there are... Like, Danger Mouse comes in sort of blocks of 26. We did 52 the first time, and then we're, we're doing another 26 at the moment. Um, the, we had tried a, f a few people. Um, it's been particularly, uh, uh, this is a slight digression, but Danger Mouse has been slightly tricky because everyone's seen the original. 
Yeah. And so everyone's writing it. Everyone initially, everyone was pitching for the original, and ours is very different. And people don't necessarily appreciate Yours just is how much better. Well, <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, we've <laughs> got the, we've got the DVDs so. of the original. Yeah. Um, I've been showing them to my kids when they've been starved of Danger Mouse. Yeah. Well, they, 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 time, really they don't right. quite understand why it's slower and not as funny. Well, I um, think they enjoy it. It's, there's still loves, there's still lots to love, and we loved it. Yeah. And it was of its time because it had. If you if you played the current version. In 1982, yeah, people have seen that you're all on drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what is this? I think we tried to make, you know, from the first meeting that we had, we tried to make the show that you would do if you did it now. There was something I, 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 full of trite phrases, and uh, one, my, one of my kind of watch, watch words, watch phrases. Mm. That's not a phrase. Catchphrases. For a catch, <laughs> mantra. Watch, yeah, watch phrases. Yeah. Um, of uh, Danger Mouse has been that I've tried to make the show that I remember, not the show that happened. Yes, that's interesting. Right, because yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, the show that we've made is the same show, but it's not because it's. I remember the show as it was in '85 or whenever it was. Um, I remember it as a kid, and I've, I've updated it in my memory yes. as time has gone on and I've made the show that I think happened then I watch the original and go oh that's that's not that show yeah, um, yeah. and there, there are some big changes in the, in the you know there's some that people haven't noticed which I really like I mean there's there's no people in it there's, Danger Mouse is a mouse in the original he's, and he's a person in that version and nobody, nobody's brought it up wow I have even noticed that yeah he's yeah. a mouse who yeah. goes through a little mouse sized entrance at number 10 next yeah. to the big door yeah. In hours, he walks through the door. He's a mouse. He's a person mouse. Right. More like Futurama. Right. Okay. Right. So the original set in mm. the human world. Right. With animal agents. Yeah. Okay. Whereas ours is Futurama. It's a world populated by human uh, human mm. animals. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, which people accept now because you know we just uh, there's been so many th- like things like Madagascar. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. People it didn't just, seem oh, to right, be an issue. Talking animals yeah. that are like the size of. Humans. Yeah, 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 and it, it, it came up, you know, the very first meeting, and people were literally, when they found it got out that I was doing it, people were stopping me in the street. Um, and I live in the town I was brought up in, so everyone knows me, and people are stopping me in the street going, what are you going to do about scale? <laughs> you know, people I've never yeah. spoken to people. I go, oh. And so it was clearly a thing that people had noticed, yeah. that, you know, Danger Mouse yeah. would come out of a mouse hole and then, and then go eye to eye with an elephant. Right. You know, so the scale was a little bit... And it was funny, you know, and they didn't matter back then, because... Um, it was much more, had much more like Goon's show attitude yeah. to reality. Whereas now, people watch things over and over and over again, keep obsessed about it. You know, they... Because in the them. original, they overlap, David Jason's voice overlaps in a few places yeah. where he's not just Danger Mouse, but he also yeah, plays yeah. other characters. He does, yeah. And the voiceover as well or something. You just think, blimey, well, I don't think you get away with that now. Because yeah. for me, I think there's... They yeah, take a few yeah. liberties, which again didn't matter at the time. It didn't matter, and mm. and if we were doing that show yeah. then, hopefully we'd have done the same show, but maybe so not as good, right? It's a it's a huge show, yeah. and uh, my my kids are loving it, and I'm loving watching it with them. In terms of just over the course of the last sort of five ten years, though, you've worked with newer writers. Yes, and sorry, in terms I did. Of what are what are the kind of so my face palm moments? Just like oh, um, please don't do that. I'm um, sure you're a good writer, but boy, oh boy, I just don't. Want I to think you. that thing about choices. Is, I think, and I, um, you've got to, you've got to enjoy the thing that you're doing. I think a lot of people try and write for kids. I think that always goes wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they kind of write something, and if you would say, "What do you like about this?" Yeah. They'd be surprised by the question. Whereas everything, there isn't a joke in any episode of Danger Mouse that I don't think is funny. Yeah. And any of it. You know, and I. No joke of just like, oh, kids will really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. not one. Yeah. No. Um, uh, and we'd cut it, you know, and occasionally, you know, I've, I've kind of fought to cut things that people have gone, but oh, kids will think that's funny, and I'm going, but it's not we funny. don't. So how They're do wrong know? to think that's funny. Yeah. Well, I know, but how do I know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you have to use your yeah. own instinct, otherwise, yeah. you've got nothing yeah. left. I'm saying, I find that funny, I think kids will find that funny. Yeah. Yeah. Then so I guess the, the, the warning there is about slight cynicism of people trying to get into kids who... I think that's right. Don't writing. think think of it as a backdoor. I mean, I think a lot of comedians do comedy because they want to be rock stars and they don't oh, think they can totally. do that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> if you want... That's if, not you, Dave. We're, we're not saying that that's... Don't, oh, you know, the same way, don't go into... The fifth line of my new show <laughs> addresses that very point. There you go. But it's true, right? And, and I think that 
you know, it's probably a bad reason to go into comedy that you wanted to be a rock star in the same way that it's a bad reason to go into kids' TV because you want to go into adult TV. I learned, I once, it's a slight digression, but I once learned, uh, uh, I, once, I once spent two years learning Spanish because I wanted to go to Italy. <laughs> and uh, Italian was on Thursdays. Right. And I couldn't do Thursdays. And somebody said, if you speak Spanish really slowly, they'll understand you. <laughs> so I did two years of Spanish. Um, and, but, uh, but unfortunately, I mean, the reality is that so, there are so little, I mean, not, not that there's huge options in kids' TV, but the number of yeah. options available to new writers um, that, that, you know, a lot of people think, well, I want to get into kids' TV in the same way that yeah. our generation started writing in radio. I mean, we that love radio anyway, yeah. but we thought, well, you write for radio and then you get to write I guess, but did TV. you, didn't you, when you were doing it, didn't you feel like I'm doing comedy? That's the way I feel about it. When I'm doing mm. Danger Mouse, I'm doing horrible issues, yeah. I'm doing comedy. I think I never some think people on radio, is they, they feel that they're doing comedy for the sort of people who like Radio 4, mm. in which they then don't include themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did use this to Radio 4, and I did use the comedy, so for mm. me, writing for Weekend yeah. was not... I mean, I literally just caught the tail end of it as right. a writer. Mm. Um, but I was writing for it, still thinking I was writing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, there are, but I do know that there are others who are slightly yeah. trying to do comedy in Spanish for Italians this is the way in and I'm going to yeah. have to do it because if it's good enough for mm. Andy Hamilton and for the Pythons and for you know, yeah, really, I'm, yeah. I, I've got a, so a you can get my name on that board yeah. well it's your apprenticeship the, the board never made the board my, my name's on the board ah well <laughs> yeah. it's like taking five wickets at Lord's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a sort of different situation, I suppose, because I, I thought, yes, I love, you know, I grew up loving radio, and that was my ambition to write on a radio show, and, it, and then that happened. I thought, oh, what, what next? But I do, I think for people starting now, there is much more of a sense. Well, if you want to write comedy, you know, you 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 kind of have to start at this place, and and a lot of people probably think, well, kids TV is one of the few places where lots of comedy is being made, and so. I, mean, I guess that's out, true. I, I think they would find it w- it was as hard yes. to get into as t- adult TV. I think it's probably more well, was, sketch shows. Well, I was saying that to somebody earlier, I can't remember who I was with, and talking about, uh, oh, it's, um, yeah, I remember who, and I won't say it. Um, but I was talking about how there are opportunities in kids, although actually I would love to get my own kids sitcom on TV, yeah. and that's pretty much what I've wanted to do since... I left university. I wanted to do my own show because I loved kids. I loved yeah. kid comedy growing up. I was slightly too old for Maid Marian, but yeah, that was still right. one of my favourite shows. Even though I think I was fifteen when it came out, yeah. and I've always wanted to do that. Can I get a sitcom on to BBC? Nope. Forget it. I've been trying, right. and eventually given up, and then tried again, and then yeah. gave up for eight years, and then tried again, and just thought, oh, forget it. And actually, unfortunately, you've got such a tiny market. You've got Nickelodeon that hardly make any, yeah. any UK stuff. You've got Disney make a tiny bit of UK yeah. stuff. You've got CBBC, you yeah. make a bit of comedy. Yeah. But what, especially when I was trying to do it, they had an entertainment department and a drama department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so comedy, they never knew what to do with. Yeah. For me, personally, I've got more chance of getting something on BBC One at 8.30. I think you're right. Because, yeah. because most people aren't trying to do or that. Or on Radio 4. Or on Radio 4. Yeah. rather than getting my own kids show away because it's just or on Amazon Netflix now I mean I think the game has changed I, I think that um, yeah. uh, kids sitcoms you know you'd, you'd be just as smart taking it to Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or you know something as you would be taking it to BBC but I I think um, particularly with the BBC as budgets get contracted um, the overall budgets I think mm-hmm. that the number of new sitcoms they're going to get away every year will you know, won't be many. Um, so it is hard. I, my, so my only piece of advice, whenever people ask, I think, is to carpet bomb. Because there's, and this is what I did and why I wrote 20 sketches a week or whatever mm. it was for weekending, was because there, there are a hundred reasons, I, I, I've said this a few times to people, so <laughs> it sounds trite, but uh, there are a hundred reasons why anything's not going to get on, mm. right? And three of them is because it's not very good. Yeah. Um, so, you, just having all your eggs in one or three baskets is insane because chances are it's you, you know it's not going to get on because they don't want to show about pirates yeah or because just 
Yeah, or because it turns out somebody they know is, you know... Or it will turn out that all the things they told you they don't want, they've just had a new boss in and now he doesn't want anything. Or the budgets, they're, they're not commissioning anything this year. Or... I tell you, so my worst experience... Back to that Disney show I mentioned. So our Disney show, uh, it was called Bus Life. We, um, there were short episodes, I think they were 10 minutes, which was quite a new thing back then. Um, and we still got nominated for BAFTAs. We didn't win, but it was an unheard of thing. a new experience for you being yeah, nominated. It really was. I, well, yeah, yeah, I stood Flipped up. Genuinely, I was like, that can't be. Yeah. Does anyone read it again? Read it again. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Recount. <laughs> yeah. I, um, so that show, unheard of, short form show, BAFTA nominated, best writer, best performer, no, not best writer, best show, best whatever it was, best entertainment, best sitcom, I can't remember that category. Uh, we then won several awards at the international TV festivals, including a thing like best show in the world at the New York one, right? <laughs> so they, 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 they literally made a special award. Is this the world of boxing of um, boxes as well? Yeah, quite. It's the New York yeah. Television Festival, yeah. who cares? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it helps the story. Because at that point, so we just, we just won best TV show in the world uh, and it was decommissioned after one series. Yeah. It was very popular on the network. It was, uh, it was the best show in the world. <laughs> Of any kind, Officially. not just kids, yeah. any kind. The news. Yeah, yeah. We won best. Yeah. We won best children's comedy. We won best children's overall, and we won the other one yeah. that was everything yeah. at this festival. Uh, and it was decommissioned because uh, Michael Eisner, whoever I can't, I'm not sure who it was at the time, but whoever was head of Disney at the time, made a policy decision, which was that they weren't going to make TV programs, drama programs, or you know, I'm not sure it was all TV, but they weren't going to make. Uh, scripted programs outside of the US because they were competing with themselves. So if they make something in France or the UK or whatever, it's going to end up going on instead of something that in America. So they're repeating the business and it made no sense. So they made a business decision that had nothing to do with you know twenty stages above yeah. where we were, which cancelled the best show in the world. And so at the time we were like, but. But, yes. um, but who, the truth is, who, who do we tell that they've made clearly made yeah, an administrative and, error? And even at the time, I looked at it and went, you know, what they're probably right. You know, from a yeah. business point of view, yeah, they're, they're, they're right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, from that point of view, and from that moment onwards, I ne- I'm never surprised by anything that yeah. happens. And yeah. so, you can spend a year writing the perfect sitcom pilot, yeah. but you won't get it on because somebody. Uh, you know, or there's something about the character that's no longer zeitgeisty. There's something, you know, it feels old-fashioned. Some another one that's quite similar will appear on some network, yeah. um, and be very successful or not very successful. And you go, yeah, but mine's better. And yeah, go, no, it's a matter. It's killed pirates. It's, it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I would say, you know, if you if find anybody who will read stuff, find out what it is they want to read and yeah. send it to them. Um, it was easier. Yeah, sketch shows, it's easier because yeah. Can. I mean, just just we'll we'll talk about sitcom in a second. But yeah. I mean, in terms of sketches, I mean, you're reading hundreds of sketches a year. Whether it's yeah. uh, I mean, with horrible histories, for instance, there's another series now. We're we're kind of in the process of making episodes, sort of I don't know, eighty to ninety roughly. Yeah. And so you've got um, you know series seven of horrible histories, and you're, you're getting all these sketches. And I mean, what, what, how, I think it's how about 200 series sketches right. that come through. And how, how do they, how do you sort of keep it fresh? And what, what are you kind of looking for? Here, I'm asking genuinely here. <laughs> personally. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, what, 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 when are you looking at a sketch? What's the, what's the perfect two minute, two, three minute sketch for you? Um, it needs to be history based. I mean, this is yeah. a, it seems like a simple thing, but um, a lot of, particularly when people start out on it, what you find is that people approach it from a comedy perspective. So they'll go, they'll do the what if sketch, mm-hmm. which is, you know, this crazy thing happened in history. Just imagine if it had been worse, you know, or imagine if this person did this slightly amazing, slightly amazing thing. Imagine if he did that throughout his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or imagine if everybody in that time did that. And what you end up with is a sketch that projects an image that isn't true because that's not what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first thing to do, if you're if the sketch, uh, make sure that the sketch projects the impression you're left with at the end of it is true, 
that's the thing. So, so I, what's it, those are the rules of your show. So yeah. a sketch needs to obey those rules. Yes. Even if comedically another sketch maybe works better. Yeah. Imagine if everybody did what George the Third did. Yeah. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah. Of no, of no interest to in you yeah. because they weren't. They weren't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and if it gives the slightest impression that that's the case, or what if, say, there was a sketch again, a valid sketch show, comedy sketch show sketch would be that George III was faking it because he yeah. didn't like working hard, yeah. right? And so there's a war on. Oh, oh, I think I feel my madness coming on again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get George IV out, Prince Regent, he can deal with the war. You know, you could go down that route, for example, and you have a very funny thing, Blake faking being mad to get out of being king because it's, it's yeah. during wartime or something yeah. like that. It's not true. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, and also, say, I, mean, I don't know why we ended up with George, but, uh, you know, that's quite a sad situation. He was, you know, he was ill. So, again, yeah, yeah. you need to convey that. But so, I, if you said a two-minute sketch, which yeah. is very different to, say, a 30-second sketch yeah. or a one-minute sketch. So, two-minute sketch, very long sketch for Horrible Histories. So, the first thing I would say is you, you need three or four, at least three or four big facts in, to justify that length. Mm. Each of which, thinking of it like a... A sitcom, like like an act, an act structure within the sketch. So you know, um, do you remember we did we did a sketch? I don't know, two series ago or something. I remember there was a uh, a King Arthur one where he's got piles. Right. So he had, I think it's King Arthur. I might have the wrong king. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfred, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the joke is he he had piles. So there's a thing to hate sitting down. Uh, you know, he's got a throne, everyone's trying to crown him, but you can't sit on the throne because he's got piles and, you know. So there's initially a funny thing. Famous king, yeah. great warrior, didn't true, like sitting down. True fact. True yeah. fact. Yeah. Uh, but, for me, if that's all you've got, that's a 30-second sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We also know that he was in touch with uh, kings and, uh, you know, the Pope and people from around Europe. Big kings used to get very important letters backwards and forwards, with them, and, and I think several of them, certainly one or two, uh, sent him suggestions for how he might deal with his piles. <laughs> so, so he's getting these letters, you know, you've got, the, you've got this big, potentially, now you've got two parts of this sketch, you've yeah. got the bit where he doesn't want to sit down, and he's, he's embarrassed yeah. by the thing, he's trying to be the big king, and he's going, okay, look, nobody knows about it, don't worry about it, well, you know, nobody's, yeah. t- nobody's talking about this, are yeah. they? So he's, in, he's it's a, it's not part of the image of a great king yeah. so that and then he's going anyway great letter from the Pope now, you know here's more pomp and circumstance this just showed read, me how read important this is yeah. Yeah. read it to every yeah exactly yeah. and then you get that sketch yeah. um, I can't remember what the others but there was another two big yeah. facts yeah. like that around that two minute sketch yeah. um, so, so, all yeah. true every part of it's true there's no section of that sketch that is based on something that isn't a cold hard fact that I think people will remember people yeah. go and go the Pope sent him sure. You know, ideas for things he could do with his bottom. You know, yeah, we're yeah. praying for your bottom. Yeah, you know, yeah. you kind of go, oh God, don't do the. Who's been <laughs> all that? Um, I must admit, it's the only horrible history, the only show that I've written on where I've had a, a, a joke turned down because it's only been verified by one historian. <laughs> <laughs> Every joke has to be have at least two uh, yeah. historical references before you're allowed to use that point in the joke. But uh, I mean, right. uh, Wikipedia is not enough. No, basically. no. it's not a bad starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good Much enough. improved, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. Greg Jenner, our, our horrible histories historian supremo, uh, he says uh, he says Wikipedia is, is actually not bad now. Yeah, it's got a lot better than it used yeah. to be, which won't stop us making cheap jibes about how crap Wikipedia is. But um, I suppose that, uh, in, in terms of again for sort of new writers and people starting out, I mean, you've written episodes of sitcoms and, a, and obviously like a, a Danger Mouse is a, na- a narrative to every episode. Yeah, so, I mean, it has a very strict hard yeah. sitcom. When you're looking structure. at uh, sitcom episodes, I mean, what what what, um, what what kind of thing are you looking for when when you get an initial uh, pitch for a story? Say? For for something that I'm working on or something yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, I mean, I would say Danger Mouse at this point because obviously that's yeah, yeah, fine. you've got a lot of. Uh, it needs to have a strong character story for one of our central two characters. I'm open to stories that centre mm-hmm. on the colonel. Uh, I'd be open to a story that centred on someone like the Baron or yeah. uh, we have a Professor Scorpion-Clark who's our Q character. But with their, of 78 episodes or whatever it is that we're working, working on, there's maybe three or four of those so far. Of all the others, they're very clear 
character story, three-act break, broken-down character story for one of our central two characters that we've not done before. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly one or two that are similar to things we've done before, but would have a very different outcome. Um, so I look for that. I personally, I th- I need a big hat. So, <laughs> so the perfect example. I always think there's an episode we did early on called the Worldwide Spider. Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I'm the spider. Huh. And the uh, so, the Worldwide Spider has both of these, and clearly. So the first one is it came from an idea I had, which was what if the Worldwide Web was created by a Worldwide Spider, right? And that's a silly, goon show, yeah. idea. We've already we've got a giant spider. We've got all the people using the internet are now tweaking his web. Yeah. You know yeah. that's funny. So good big hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and you go down all the roots, where would it hide? You know, surely there's, an, there's a bit where it's, surely there's a rock on the planet big enough for it to hide under, and then you cut to Air's rock and a tour guide kind of yeah, I remember doing that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's one. We've now got, we've got the funny hat. Yeah. Uh, and a big story. It's big, it's world. It, that story needs to have global implications. So it can't be... Because the internet is global, and to pretend that it's only London-based is nonsense. Yeah, we've got a, we got a planet-eating spider, right? Um, and so then... What is the person who's scared of nothing scared of? Yes. Right? Yeah. So what if it turns out that he's never come up before? He's afraid of spiders. He's afraid of spiders. So it's, yeah. so and, he front, and he fronts it out, doesn't yeah, he? That's he, right. does, he doesn't reveal this until considerably No, later. and everyone else knows. Yeah. But he, so it ends, basically, end of Act 1 is essentially he's scared of spiders and there's a giant massive spider. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, act 2 is... I, is him trying to cover the fact that he's scared of spiders, pretend he isn't, yeah. and deal with the spider anyway, and he fails. And as a result of him trying to deny that he's scared of spiders, the spider is now going to eat the world. And so right. Act Two ends with the whole world covered in webbing, and the spider, who's called Lionel, is about to eat the whole planet. And so Act Three is Danger Mouse faces up to the fact that he's scared of spiders, comes you know, comes to deal with that in a particular way. Uh, and now, no longer scared of spiders, faces the spider and is victorious. And there's a twist, which is that now that he's not scared of spiders, he sees the spider as a person, not a monster, and suddenly realises that actually they've thought about this all wrong and that he's just a spider doing what spiders do and we shouldn't be thinking of him in this way and maybe there's another way of dealing it. And so he ends up friends with the spider and sending him off into space to live on a planet where he can't hurt anyone, which is an echo of World War Hulk. I don't know if you... Because I had a sequel in mind, which we've now written. Which I okay, don't spoil it. Exclusive. Yeah. What um, I really like about yeah. that, just to you explaining yeah. that... Um, every, is, ep- is, every single episode follows yeah. that pattern. I li- I, what I like is that the, 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 key, the, the key to solving the Act 2, end of Act 2, is character. And yeah. that's, always, that's always the thing that... I, Try and say to people about sitcom the episode is that you're, it's a Jack Rosenthal. Jack Rosenthal was the man who said it. Uh, the uh, the answer when you're stuck, how is this going to end? You always, the answer is always in the character. Yeah, and you have to go it won't back be satisfying. to character. It won't be satisfying unless yeah. what you set up. And also, when you find that, you usually have to go back and change the beginning yeah. if yeah. if you've started without it, which I think right. is a valid. I think yeah, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but just I'm just a big fan it. of rewriting. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. I do, people who need everything panned down before they start. Yeah. I think you know that's okay if it works yeah. that way. But there's lots of ways of doing it. We should probably um, wrap it up in a second. Um, yeah. But what I'm really struck by, which I think people would do well to note, is how is how precise all the stuff that you're talking about is. Because children's TV particularly looks anarchic yeah. and looks very over the top, looks very... I'm going to use the word zany. I'm sorry. We well, came out in a meeting today. Yeah. So it's, um, what was it? it's the name of a clown. Um, is it? Um, is it means the dent was it the dentist? Yeah, so yeah. the zany was a was a clown that early dentists used to distract people from the pain. <laughs> True <laughs> fact. There you yeah. go. And something like that. Sketches yeah. on a postcard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting how the both the sketches you're describing and also the danger mouse episodes you're describing. And in a sense, I think people might say, well, you're a, you know, once you're involved in the show, of course you have to be that precise. But actually, I think if you want to be involved in the kind of shows that you're doing. Yeah. If you want to be a writer, you've got to start thinking in those terms now. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we read scripts with the first ten pages, um, where people send us the first ten pages of a sitcom. When you read it, and you just think nothing's happening. Yeah, what's it's, it about? This is just people talking. Yeah. 
And actually, the fact that you get three-act structure into a running time of mm. 11 minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. um, or that a, a two-minute sketch is actually going to need to do sort of pivot almost in four directions yeah. in order to justify that length I think, of time. Yeah, yeah, I would say they need uh, three-act structures, you know, or four-acts, or whatever it is. They need a structure yeah. just as much. Otherwise, it won't feel like it ended. If you, if you get to the end of a sketch, you go, oh, it ended. You know, that's because yeah. the structure's not right. Yeah, yeah. You can't, we can't always do the smack the pony... Um, pan away at the end of a sketch yeah. when they run out of jokes well, the point which I'm responsible the <laughs> particularly on a show like Horrible Histories uh, you know and it does vary if you were writing a whole sketch show to yourself you could apply much more you know sitcom uh, or surreal edges to it because you control yeah. the, the transitions but in a, we never know what's going to go next to what in Horrible mm. Histories so everything has to be self-contained yeah. but even if you are in control of your transitions yeah. you have then established what the rules of those transitions yeah. are so you're not what the audience aren't left wondering, is it over or not? No. So Absolutely. you know, Python yeah, yeah, yeah. got around with it with stop that, it's silly, or now yeah. something yeah, yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. So they, they worked out their own convention. Yeah. So it's still got to be precise, even if Although you they would say, uh, I believe I've seen them interviewed mm. and say, uh, that the reason they did that is because they couldn't think of punchlines. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't because they yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. they were trying yeah. to be an archive. But in order to get out of thinking of punchlines, yeah. which I agree is the hardest thing, they then created a new Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if you can keep the thing running, you only need a punchline yeah. at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. We don't have that luxury, unfortunately. We yes. have to come up with those punchlines. Are we going to have to come up with the punchline to this, uh, this podcast episode? Because we should probably finish it now. I think so, yes. Uh, and the twist is that we have come to the end of the episode. <laughs> wow. But it needs work. <laughs> yeah. I think it needs work. I think, um, yeah, yeah. No, we'll look at that. We'll, yeah. we'll, in the edit, we'll try and find a way of yeah. getting a punchline. But um, thank you very much, Ben. That has been very illuminating. And uh, I shall uh, know next time I pitch a sketch for Horrible Histories, I shall bear all of that in mind, all facts. All yeah, facts. don't think of a comedy punchline, think of a history punchline. Yeah, yes. okay. Although th- this is not a rule that applies to all sketches. Yeah, no, every sketch. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Tracy Beaker. Yeah. 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 Great, thanks very much. Bye.